Well, it's hard to believe, but we are halfway through the 93-94 basketball season. The Boilermakers have played 15 games. The kids can always say that they had the best start ever. Now, it doesn't mean now next year you can't top that, but by the same token, it's something that they can always strive to look back on and be proud of. The 1993-94 season began about as well as could be expected for the Boilermakers. In fact, Purdue got off to its best start in school history winning the first 14 games of the year. In the first 11 wins, the team was prolific offensively, scoring 74 or more points in every game. The squad began the season ranked 21st in the nation, but when conference play began in early January, the Boilermakers had climbed into the top 10. After opening Big Ten play with a one-point win at Northwestern, Coach Katie and company returned to Mackey to take on P.J. Carlissimo and the Seton Hall Pirates. It was the first of three games in seven days, with Michigan State and a road trip to 12th-ranked Wisconsin also on the docket. That's where we pick up the season this week. Here are Coach Katie and host Larry Clisby. It's Katie Corner from January 16, 1994. The Boilermakers have played 15 games. And we welcome you to this week's show. And Coach Katie, the run is over after 14. A terrific run, 14 wins in a row. Uh, Wisconsin nipped you last night by six over at Madison. But uh, I think if we started the year and said, let's take 14 out of the first 15, we'd take them. They jumped at it in a minute, that's for sure. Well, I'm proud of the players, the way they started their season. They did a great job, uh, you know, getting a slice of the history of a uh, great basketball tradition at Purdue and uh, the kids can always say that they had the best start ever. Now, that doesn't mean now next year you can't top that, but by the same token, it's something that they can always uh, strive to look back on and be proud of. But in the Big Ten, you don't worry about those things. You try to get ready for what's next. And uh, unfortunately, we went up to Wisconsin, didn't play well, but I, I don't want to necessarily dwell on that. I want to dwell on the things we've done good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's talk about this week. It was a tough week because it started on Sunday with that game against Seton Hall, a nationally televised game, a very difficult game that you were able to win, and then you took on Michigan State, which was a very important first game of the year in the Big Ten at home, and you were able to handle that one. Let's pick up the Seton Hall highlights first, and this was a tough game. Uh, you knew it was going to be. P.J.'s an excellent coach, and uh, since that time, I've seen him knocked off B.C. and uh, done pretty well. Well, I think we've got, <clears throat> got them started right, uh, kind of like us with Wisconsin. They came in here and lost a close game and probably got their kids' attention. They learned a lot of things from that game, and that's what you have to do now is try to get the improvement areas uh, uh, concentrated on. That's what uh, Seton Hall has done. We played a great game against them uh, in most parts here. Uh, Glenn gets a steal from them and goes in for an easy layup, and uh, unfortunately we didn't have many of those against Wisconsin, but against Seton Hall, who was a little better than the record probably. Uh, uh, they were very good on defense and our kids did some good things. Well, the zone gave us a lot of trouble uh, as far as really looking uh, like we knew what we are doing, but uh, found a way to win, of course, and uh, it was not pretty, but we got it in the hole. We had a 37-35 at the half. They started well in the second half on you, and then uh, you had to come from behind here, really. They, they really came after you nicely start of the second half, and then Waddell hit a three, and then your three-point shots uh, came through. Well, we got good ball movement, and uh, Link Darner hits one. Three men surrounding Robinson, and then Link hit the open shot. So be Conzo Martin. He knocks down a big three. He, he slumped a little bit, but then had a good game at Wisconsin scoring. 
Well, Conzo had a little bit of a slump there for a while, but he's got it back now. He played, uh, you know, the second half, made some big baskets here where I have our transition game going. We get an easy dunk and uh, moving the ball up the floor. Sometimes we have a tendency to walk the ball up the floor instead of moving it with the, uh, the tempo of the game that we want. Skip pass and a big three here under pressure by Waddell. Probably the biggest shot of the game. Gave you a two-point lead. Kernishevis, Arturis Kernishevis uh, will shoot from the corner here and miss. Glenn will rebound, and you'll hold on and win this game by a score of 69 to 67. So a good win for you there. And, of course, that made it 13 in a row. And, and now you had to concentrate on your next game, Michigan State, a team that had given you a lot of trouble, especially at Mackey Arena. Probably the Seton Hall game, uh, Larry, helped us with the Michigan State game because Seton Hall played very good defense, and so uh, and Michigan State's doing the same thing this year. So it was a, a good uh, uh, game to have before Michigan State, and I thought that game taught us a lot about moving without the ball and moving the ball and that, that sort of thing. So Michigan State comes in here having, having uh, the great uh, ability to beat us when they're not favored. Yeah, they are pretty much a small team. Uh, used three guards, of course, uh, Chris Wyshynski and, and Sean Respert are both really good outside shooters, and then Eric Snow is a terrific point guard. It can always, it always keeps you under pressure, and here's highlights from that game as we pick it up. Uh, another full house at Mackey Arena. And this was a real good basketball game, really was. Uh, Halftime, it was 43-35 Purdue. Yeah, in fact, there was a stretch here, Gene, we'll see us a little bit later, but you probably played, you know, perhaps your best basketball of the year in that 19-2 run. We might have uh, Miller for them has really improved, and uh, Resper is one of the finest guards in the nation. I thought we did a good job on him, and then Waddell really had a great game here. He he uh, came out, had maybe the best game of his career. So uh, we did a lot of good things in this game, and to have an eight-point lead at half it was uh, something that we really didn't plan on. I don't know if we could do that or not. We got them up ten one time. They came from behind and got the lead. You got them down eleven here in the second half, and they overtook you, uh, hitting a lot of outside shots, and then you were able to build it up a third time. And here's where uh, Michigan State's in their run, and usually when you play a good team, that's what you expect them to make a run at you, and they did. We didn't do a good job getting up to three-point shooters there for about 10 minutes, and once we established that, it can control their outside shooting, we were able to uh, pull the game out. And then when Porter hits this shot, he banks it softly off the glass, uh, You've tied it, and then uh, you'll have a steal here by Robinson, and Porter will be the beneficiary, I think, at the other end. Uh, he'll get the uh, putback, I believe, here underneath, and you're up by two. Great block there uh, by Robinson on Respert, and Waddell on transition will get a huge shot here. Good screen by Ian, stand back, got Matt open. And uh, Porter's starting to do a little bit of a jo better job getting the ball off the floor, too. I'm going to get a rebound here. Waddell knock it down. You're on a 19-2 run. You win it 89-77. And that establishes this program, your team, this team, uh, with the greatest start in Purdue basketball history. And, man, that's, that's a mouthful. That's uh, 14 wins in a row to start the season. 2-0 in the Big Ten. And uh, that's, that's a piece of history that is, is really something. Well, we were very proud of uh, the players and uh, the staff. You know, we know that at this point of the season, it doesn't maybe mean a lot, but as we wind down the year and get into maybe the, the spring time, look back on it, it'll be really special to us. But right now, as I said earlier in the program, uh, you're trying to get ready for the next Big Ten game. You're trying to survive that. 
and it's a little hard to enjoy it like you'd like to, but, you know, we want to finish 14-0. That's what we'd like to do, and a lot of people in the country would like to do that. Absolutely, and that'll be difficult for any team in the country to do. All right, Wisconsin came into this ball game uh, coming off a loss to Minnesota, their first loss of the year, and, of course, a, a team that uh, was ranked 12th in the country, and uh, the Boilermakers were at number 9. And despite the fact that Purdue was 14-0, Wisconsin was a slight favorite. That normally would be the case if you're ranked. Uh, similar, and the home team's going to have a slight advantage. But coming into this game, you knew uh, that talent-wise, it's a nice club. Uh, you've seen them. You didn't know uh, what they could do against tough competition because they didn't play well against Minnesota, but they got really a nice inside-outside game. Well, since they've had uh, Rashad Griffin, they certainly have the ability to do some things they couldn't do last year. We, as you know, we won a double overtime game up there last year, about the same squads we both had back now. But when you add the inside guy, that gives you a lot of problems. And even though I think we've improved a lot, Larry, uh, uh, we just didn't do a good job blocking out. That was a big thing. And then Peterson uh, comes off the bench and does oh, a, a tremendous great. job with offensive rebounds and gave him the lead at halftime. And, and he was the one guy we said uh, in our talks all week before we played Wisconsin that uh, he was maybe the most improved player in the league. And uh, along with some of, you know, we have a couple that's improved a lot. But he's a, a kid that really hurt us because we didn't concentrate on the simple thing of blocking out. Neither team shot well in this game, but let's give credit where credit's due. Maybe both teams play good defense. That's what I'd have to say. You look at most of these shots, Gene, and it appears that almost every one of them, with the exception of the offensive glass, are all contested. I mean, these are all people that are shooting with hands in their face on both sides of the ball. Break off a screen there, and Waddell hits it. And Matt started well and kept you in that first half. Finley started well, number 24. Great player, by the way. Certainly potential to be first-team All-Big Ten and certainly All-American, and he's a good one. Well, Finley was voted the USA Basketball Player of the Year, so, uh, you know, he's not an uh, unknown talent now, right. and he's got the uh, chance to be a, a tremendous pro if things keep going good for him. Didn't you think he played very well defensively? I thought he did. He, he looked like he, he really did a great job on Glenn. Uh, did a lot of uh, curls uh, behind the screens and got around, and it was bumping Glenn and doing a good job, yes. Not only did he do a good job on the offensive end, he stymied uh, our players offensively. Here's that Peterson, man. I mean, he just he just earned some buckets. He had three putbacks and eight points in that first half, and, and Purdue only trailed by four at the half, and, and that was a big game. There's some great hustle there. By Waddell and then Porter Roberts, uh, your guards have been playing good. I mean, for, for a lot of games in a row now. Yeah, it was mainly just our rebounding, uh, Larry. We didn't block out, right. didn't get any offensive putbacks, didn't uh, keep them from getting some easy ones, and and uh, and they had a lot of a lot of easy baskets in the lane. That bench scoring, they outscored you 14 to two off the bench, which uh, you know going into the game, I would think you would have the maybe the edge on the bench. Well, maybe. well, we we didn't think so. Okay, but uh, you've got to produce and you've got to improve it and I just think that we, we just got to get Justin Jennings in the game a lot more we got to get Herb Dove in there a lot more Herb's got to create some points off his defense and Justin's got to create some off, off offense with his uh, offensive skills uh, and uh, to be able to have confidence in them you, you just want to leave them in there longer here's uh, when Martin really went wild in the second half hit uh, three three-pointers and they're all big and kept you very much alive in this game. After that third one, uh, you're down only 61-56. Uh, and when Porter knocked this one down, he had, he had almost a perfect game. He'll knock this one down from the outside. You're within uh, three points here with five minutes left in the game. And he really bellied up on Webster. He did a nice job. Yeah, he probably outplayed Webster, uh, Larry. He's, a, he's really coming on. Glenn was just five out of 26. And of course, if that happens, you're in trouble. 
no matter how well these other guys play. And Waddell hung in there with a couple of great offensive moves here for buckets and, and kept you alive. A couple of two and ones at 67-61 with 2.50 to go and then 69-66. to 66. But when you miss this shot, uh, it's pretty much lights out. He missed one earlier, too. Uh, Martin had one in the lane that was that was makeable certainly for him that uh, almost got you within one there but a uh, six-point loss to a, to a pretty good opponent. Well I thought our guards did a good job on Kilbride and, and Tracy Webster oh, yeah. and Jason Johnson. They're, they've got some uh, fine guards and uh, our, our guards did a, a great job on them really but uh, uh, still you have to be able to concentrate on blocking your man off and if you don't do that and we stressed that hard this week but unfortunately with the time of Games spaced away where they were. We didn't practice a lot on blocking out, and that really hurt us, I thought. Next up, we're going to meet one of Purdue's uh, newest coaches. In fact, uh, the Boilermakers' newest coach uh, coming up next. He went to school to become a manager, and he wants to be a coach. Comes from Oklahoma, and I asked uh, new coach Jay Price how he got to Purdue. Well, I was at uh, Kansas as my undergraduate work, and I worked there for a manager with Coach Brown and Coach Williams. Then I went on to Oklahoma and worked uh, for Coach Tubbs for a year, and then the job opened up here, and Kevin Stallings, former player and former assistant here, gave my name to Coach Katie and told me about the job, and I called and inquired about it, and things worked out for the best. You're slight, slightly unique in the fact that um you pursued a coaching career without playing. Yeah, I did, which uh, it was painfully obvious to me in high school that I wasn't going to be much of a basketball player. So I knew I wanted to coach, and I just had known that for a long time since high school, so I kept studying the game and then became a manager. And in ways, sometimes being a manager is better than being a player because you see behind the scenes and how everything works, and you get a feel for what the coaches are like, what the players are like, how to do stuff in the office. So it was a definitely a beneficial experience, especially being a manager at a great program like Kansas. And you had the opportunity to do some things a lot of people never have the chance to do, and that's to visit the Final Four a couple of times. Yeah, I've been there twice. Uh, my freshman year we won, and my senior year went right down the street in Indianapolis. We finished second, first time that Duke had won a championship. So I've been very lucky in that aspect, and I really like to go. But once you've been there and participated, you always want to take your team with you. So that's the best part about the Final Four is going and participating. And uh, hopefully we can do that here in the near future. Tell us about your duties here. I'm doing mostly a lot of scouting. I help Coach Katie on the court during practice and games. I help with the academics. Um, I hopefully I'll help with camp this summer. So I'm just doing anything that makes the job easier for Coach Katie, Coach Kendrick, and Coach Weber because with recruiting they have a lot to do. So I'm here to do anything that they really don't have time to do. When you got the uh, answer over here, what were your emotions? Oh, I was very, very, very excited. Uh, called my dad, and actually I couldn't get a hold of my dad at first to tell him because he, he's real close to me. And uh, I called him to tell him I got the job and couldn't get a hold of him. I left a message with his secretary that I knew the answer for him to call me. And he called like in the next hour like 10 times. I never could reach him. So he was ex as excited as I was. And it's a lot of fun to be in the Big Ten. And it was a great opportunity to move on and up in a uh, great program. What about your background? Uh, you're from Oklahoma? I'm from Oklahoma City. I grew up there, went to high school there, and then I went to Kansas as an uh, undergraduate in Oklahoma and now here. So I've lived quite a few places in a short amount of time. I keep moving from apartment to apartment. I'm, I'd like to stay here for a while, though. The only thing uh, I can say is uh, if it wasn't for all that money you were making, at least you understand the, uh, the feeling of big-time basketball. Yeah, that's right. I do. I've been very much associated with big-time basketball and also was struggling a little bit. But $16,000 is a lot easier to live on if you're single than if you're married. So I'm doing okay, and I really just enjoy being here at Purdue. Well, we got one of those uh, big eight guys brought him in here. And uh, like I said, I think, it, I think it is unique in the fact that 
he, he, he saw what he wanted to do and pursued it in a little different angle than a lot of people do. And uh, I think going about it the right way, at least he had a great opportunity to, to coach, to be around some pretty darn good coaches and some great programs already. Well, I think sometimes it's easier also to uh, get involved in coaching if you weren't a player because you're not so hung up on your ego and uh, he just wants to coach. He wants to be part of a, a program and certainly he learned from two uh, excellent people and uh, Larry Brown and Roy Williams and then of course at, at uh, Oklahoma with Billy Tubbs he, he got to see uh, another style of play and that should have helped his background. He, he can make his choice when he becomes a head coach what style he wants. So let's go to our questions for the coach. We'll start off with one from Jim. Hey coach, against Seton Hall at the end of the game when you got possession with about 45 seconds to go, was there ever considered to take two for one? In other words, take a quick shot to give Seton Hall possession again and so that you would have the final possession of the game? Well, we uh, talk about that in terms of, uh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan can do that because he's a great player and you got somebody that's special there with the ball that pretty guaranteed that you'll probably score, score both times. But uh, it's kind of like fourth and one. It's easy to go with the fans yelling for it up in the stadium when it doesn't have any effect on their lives. <laughs> but uh, we tried it against Wisconsin, and it didn't work. And, uh, yeah, it was considered. It's always in the back of your mind, those type of things. Uh, the options of those things are always practiced. And, uh, unfortunately, it didn't work in the Wisconsin game, and uh, we didn't do it in the uh, Seton Hall game we won. So good idea, but apparently kind of depends on the circumstances. All right, one more question. This one from Jim also. Hey, Coach. I'd like to ask about how Alconzo Martin's coming along now. Seems like he's had a couple bad games, but he looked pretty good on the last one. Well, I think Conzo's proven that uh, with the game at Wisconsin, he's out of his slump, and if there was one, just maybe people were doing a good job defending him, but he's doing fine. I'll tell you what, he's, gr he's grown up a lot about shot selection about worrying about missing shots and that sort of thing so he's done a great job defensively over the years he's been here now he's learning how to play offense too with that chore so that's sometimes hard to do but he's doing great and uh, if he can continue to play like he has and get the help of some rebounders we'll be okay first of two with indiana coming up tuesday night uh two games at home this week indiana tuesday night ohio state saturday both excellent opponents both at home and both games that you're going to really have to go after well, three games in a row here, Larry, we play the red and white. So we, uh, we talked about it in terms of like 120 minutes of basketball. We need to come up with some very good basketball in the next uh, five or six days and uh, to get back in the league race because right now we've got a good opportunity. Well, we wish you the very best, Coach, and we'll see how we can bounce back from that first loss of the year. It's been a long time coming, and we'll see what happens. We hope everybody's ready to go after them Tuesday night for that ESPN game. The Boilermakers take on the Hoosiers. We'll see you next week after the Ohio State game. So long, everyone. As Coach Katie pointed out, the 14-game winning streak to begin the season was the best in program history. It's a record that still stands, although the Boilermakers matched that great start in the 2009-2010 season. Robbie Hummel, Jawan Johnson, and Etwan Moore also won their first 14 games that year. Their first loss, also in Game 15, on the road at Wisconsin. During that win streak to start the 93-94 season, Glenn Robinson averaged 29 points and 10.5 rebounds per game. Believe it or not, that actually was a point behind his average for the season. After the loss at Wisconsin dropped the Boilermakers to 14-1 on the year, 
Next up was an epic showdown with 8th ranked Indiana. It was a battle for the ages between two of the greatest coaches in Big Ten history. That's where we'll pick it up next time on Katie Corner.